What's happening? Shit, I know something happening. Cause everything's moving. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast, and this is Eric Sagala. The following is a recorded radio show called The Unlimited Sports Show, found at GoMileHigh.com, part of the Beyond Air Network at the Colorado Media School. Are you ready? You're listening to The Unlimited Sports Show, where we talk football, (laughs) basketball, baseball, and hockey. Or whatever else we want. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com, part of the Beat on Air Network. I'm your host, Michael Creer, and with me is Jeff Rar on the board, Eric Sigala to my left, and Jack to my right. How are we doing today? Good, good. Dandy. All right, so Frank Vogel. He's officially out as the Lakers, which we all assume pretty much. But it was it got a little awkward towards uh, the post-game interview. Here's what he had to say. Um, my reaction is uh, I haven't been told and I'm going to enjoy tonight's game, celebrate what these young guys did in terms of uh, scratching, scratching the claw and getting, getting back in this game, getting a W. And, uh, and we'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. I mean, everyone thought the Lakers were going to be, you know, at least – the third seed, four seed, fifth seed, <laughs> at least somewhere in there. But instead, their Lakers were bird seed this year. Yeah, they, the li- bird seed. <laughs> they got nothing. Yeah. Let's go ahead and congratulate the Lakers for for beating the yeah, Nuggets right, last game of the season. Right, yeah, yeah, what a great job, you know. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we'll be in Golden State next week. Y'all be on the couch. According to the Woj of ESPN, yeah, he's he's gonna be out. Bro, that was so That's funny how Woj like tweeted that and everybody. It was during the game because I was on Twitter. <laughs> And I have <laughs> notifications on for Woj. And he literally tweeted during the game, the Lakers will, this will be Frank Vogel's last game. And as he's walking to the tunnel, like people were yelling it at him. And then he gets into his post-game press conference and they go, how are the rumors? Uh, and he goes, I haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> what an awkward way to get fired. That's great. Especially when you just won a championship like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, three years with them. And that's the thing. He's a scapegoat. I believe oh, him course. and Russ are the scapegoat. That's what Charles that was during the bubble. said last night. It was during the bubble. But like you, you could, always tell me it was during the bubble. You could make an argument that being winning a championship in the bubble is even more tough. I than, don't take it away. I don't think so. Personally. I feel they like the won. bubble itself, it's the same. As it made for a it, right? chaotic sort of vacuum of basketball. That was the last time we saw a good LeBron James. Mickey mm. Mouse ring. Mm. I... I still think he's a scapegoat. He's a great defensive coach, and I believe he deserves another coaching job in the league. And that's how they won that championship was defense. Yeah. I and think now, this but, was diverse. Di- this was rightfully so. Get him getting fired. Yeah, it's the front office's fault, and it's partially LeBron's the fault for putting fault. that team together. The, the kind of talent that he had on this team. You look at it on paper. This should have been one of the top three teams in the West. No, you're such a fool, dude. You really thought that? I'm right not away, saying that. Thought, That's what uh, everybody was saying when no, this team no, started no, at the beginning no, no, of this no, year. No, no. Right with Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Those three. And then even Carmelo Anthony. Those guys were supposed to take them all the way to the finals yet again. They, That's they, the way everybody talked about this team at the beginning of the season. The real problem is Jeannie Buss. I think the Buss family owning the late. They're, they're in such a weird situation ownership-wise. And then when you have 
de facto player GM LeBron James, like essentially calling the shots. Like, you know how many like head coaches LeBron has gone through in his career? Like, it's never really been about that. But so, yeah, I agree with Michael that he was the scapegoat, obviously behind Russ, because they're still kind of talking about Russ in a positive light. Like, oh, yeah, we'll run it back next year. Like, whatever. But the firing of how quick they did it, like, obviously, they want some changes. And that was an easy, an easy sort of like first step for the Lakers. Well, that's the thing. They need a lot of changes. Not Not just the head coach, because, I mean, they're all their average age. They're the only team that's above 30 in average age. Yep. And you really saw that team going. Old timers. No, I did not say that myself. I was saying that's what everybody in the ESPN, all the <laughs> NBA network, that's what they were all saying. Well, yeah, this Lakers so team was going to be Angeles, the best. That's not what I said. Hell, okay. hell no. Are you okay. kidding me? Hey, how about one, one little, uh, a rare piece of uh, Lakers props for me. How about Austin Reeves last night? Oh, yeah, he, he did a sure. good job. That was a pretty, I mean, for playing against a bunch of Uber drivers on the Nuggets team, <laughs> I think that he put up a crazy performance, and it just shows that they have some young talent that is there to build around. Like, he had a crazy performance last night. Malik Monk did, too. Malik Monk with 41 points. Yeah. Um, they So, they have a Ma- little bit. They Malik have something. Malik Monk was one of those players for the Lakers that was pretty consistent. Yeah. He and was one of the guys that was Especially given the circumstances, like having to play with all those dudes like that, trying to earn your spot. Like, we kind of saw a little bit like, like that with, uh, you know, like Taylor Horton Tucker. He didn't really live up to expectation. Almost like a Kyle Kuzma sort of player in that situation. They should have traded him for Kyle Lowry. Yeah. That was their first big mistake is not making that trade. And so they wanted to get Russ because, you know, Russ is a bigger name than Kyle Lowry, but Kyle would have fit a whole lot better on that team. Yeah. And obviously you had the injuries too with Anthony Davis and LeBron, but that's not really an excuse for falling out of the playing tournament. Like, yeah, this is the worst team LeBron has ever been on by far record wise. Yeah. So they're not in the play-in, but the play-in is set. We have the New Orleans Pelicans going against the Spurs. The Timberwolves going against the Clippers. And then in the East, we have Atlanta versus Charlotte and Brooklyn versus Cleveland. How do you two see those kind of going out? Um, starting in the West, I think I think Minnesota and New Orleans are going to get it done. New Orleans, obviously with that trade midseason, you know, acquiring C.J. McCollum. Uh, I don't know if we've heard anything about Zion. There were some whispers that he might come back for the playing game. Even if they don't, I think the Spurs are yeah. easily the most beatable team in the playing tournament. I believe Zion will be coming back next year. Okay. And Minnesota against the Clippers, you know, if they still had Kawhi Leonard, they would never even be in this position to begin with. So I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. I think they get it done. Uh, then when it's said and done, I think Minnesota ends up taking that last seven seed to face Memphis. I th- I'm guessing, Eric. You do also have the Pelicans beating the Spurs. Yeah, I got the uh, New Orleans Pelicans beating the Spurs. I got the Minnesota Timberwolves beating the Clippers. I mean, with the uh, Pelicans, you just got them. I don't know. Other than CJ McCollum, you also got to look out for like Jose Alvarado, who has been, um, you know, phenomenal stealing the ball. Um, he Valley leads Junis. the NBA in 19 backcourt steals. Um, and he just kind of like lurks in the corner and nobody sees him. And he just comes out of nowhere and steals the ball from behind. And it's just a nice little strategy, man. I like watching him. Yeah, I also have the Pelicans easily winning that one. Easily. But this Minnesota Lakers, or not Lakers, geez, Los Angeles Clippers game, that's going to be a fun one. I won't be shocked if Paul George dominates that. Yeah. 
that's a Paul George game. He's made for those kind of games. Yeah. So I actually have Clippers moving on from the plan from that one. Then uh, Clippers seven seed and Pelicans eight seed. Uh, Atlanta Charlotte. This is another one that's kind of a toss up. Lamelo Ball, Trey Young. That's going to be real exciting. Um, it that one could go either way. I could. I wouldn't be surprised. If They're it went both forty three and thirty nine. Yeah. Um, They're very like equal but i, I mean if you look at what game. if you look at what atlanta did last year in the playoffs i think they're more poised for that position um but again that one's more of a toss-up than the nets and the Cavs. i obviously the nets are gonna win i mean if you're a betting person you want to take a big risk you could bet cleveland to i don't know but i think it's gonna be the nets and the hornets bro secretly i i kind of want cleveland to beat the Nets, but oh, yeah. I just don't see that happening. It just no. won't. There's um, no way. They're yeah, three and like... one in the regular season against Cleveland, right? And Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving aren't going to do their thing. Kevin Durant, man, I mean, he's he like honestly, I think he's in line to become like the new face of of the NBA when LeBron James. He's not already. I mean, Kevin Durant. He's one, one of the most of the, talented players exactly. ever exists. So I feel like Brooklyn's going to pull that one off. But I'm going to be rooting on Cleveland. So yeah, yeah. I hope for an upset. They're also both teams are 44 and 38. They're right. both very equal. Uh, do you guys overall like the plan or no? I'm, I don't know. Like I had mixed feelings last year. I'm starting to become a fan of it this year. It gives us the one extra thing to talk about going into more, the playoffs. It's a lot more fun if your team's not in it. Yes. Yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> like if, if the Nuggets Ooh. were like seventh right now, I'd be like, oh, I hate the plan. You know, like See, LeBron James said last year. Well, if you ever came how, up with this idea. The, the East is so close. Like. If you're going to make an argument against the plan, you could use the West as an example, saying, like, why are teams like San Antonio even sniffing the playoffs? Like, they had a terrible year. They're 15, 20 games under 500. So the argument against it would be the sort of gaps in the divisions. But when the East is as close as it is, and if the West ever gets that close, it's fun. If it's not your team. Yeah, that's the thing. In my opinion, I don't think a team under 500 should be in the playoffs or yeah. have an opportunity. And when you have a 36 and 46 New Orleans Pelicans or a 34 48 Spurs in the play-in for a chance to even just to win one game to get into the playoffs, that to me is not good because it makes me not care about the regular season in a way. Yeah. It makes me care less about more teams. And I think it's better overall when we have fewer teams in the playoffs and that goes for any sports really not just the nba but for baseball in general because major league baseball they just added more uh play postseason spots uh i'm not a big fan over it yeah um the expanding of the playoffs is certainly depending on where your team is either a really good or a really bad thing um i would be i would be all in favor if just some random maybe in the next five or some years some random seven eight seed wins the play-ins and <laughs> goes all the way and ends up in the finals like a lot of people would be mad but it's probably better for the sport of basketball to just give yourself that slim chance of like a cinderella type thing happening if you're the nba just for storyline sake and exactly like it's going to be a good day when the 10th seed wins an nba <laughs> championship yeah and i'm sure there are some sports broadcast pos- podcast shows in san antonio right now Talking about how good of <laughs> They're a thing hyping it, it up. So like, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Greg Popovich, so like he, yeah. he knows how to play chess, bro. Yeah, he's hell of a coach, man. One of the best. Yeah, because the Spurs and the Hornets are both the ten seed, so are they gonna make it all the way? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Not them. Maybe Charlotte, bro. Now let's say what if like no, Mel I'm not kinda... sleeping on Charlotte, bro. I'm gonna Charlotte go. I'm gonna go with Charlotte against Atlanta in this one because I didn't make that choice. So gotcha. same.
All right, this is the Unlimited Sports Show, part of the Pioneer Network. We'll be right back talking more NBA. Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this... So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the llama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in Shangri? I says it was none other than go mile high that camp, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beonair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. You gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. Welcome back. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. All right, fellas. So, last night, we had an injury right before the postseason was supposed to start. Uh-oh. Luka Doncic. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a calf strain in his left leg. Uh, hopefully, okay, so this is what I'm going to bring up. So, yesterday, last game of the season, the Milwaukee Bucks, they chose to rest all of their starters. Mm-hmm. Except for Drew Holiday. He, was, he played for the first eight seconds and then he followed oh, yeah. out. So he could that. get his yeah. bonus. So he could get his $255,000. How about that for a day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of like when Gronk, they put him in and threw him that extra touchdown in the game last year, Tampa yeah. Bay. So Milwaukee chose to 
rest their starters. The Dallas Mavericks did not. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Milwaukee, they're just trying to lose so they don't have to face Brooklyn possibly in the turn uh, in the postseason. But now with Luka Doncic getting hurt in his final game, now people are kind of, oh, so what do you, what would you prefer to kind of have all your starters out there to get in the rhythm of going into the playoffs no. and chancing that? Or say, you rest, rest them. them. You yeah, rest, rest them, them for I, this exact scenario. Absolutely. I hate that take on, on, oh, they're trying to lose so they don't have to play a certain team. No, they're they're resting them so they don't get injuries. I mean, like, you look at, at what happened, like, last year with, with uh, you know, the Nuggets uh, losing Jamal Murray. I mean, it wasn't the last game of the season, but, you know, it was kind of like in a meaningless game yeah. towards, mean, you know, it was in the fourth quarter when the game was already decided at that point. Um, yeah, and then so, he ended up getting hurt for the whole year. Yeah, exactly. But then you also look, well, last year Milwaukee already proved that they can beat Brooklyn. They did that in the last playoffs. Yeah, they're not scared of Brooklyn. They're not scared of anybody. No, they're, they're defending real, champs. The exactly. real question is why did Dallas not rest their starters? What yeah. did they have to play for? The seeds were already locked. Yeah, it was pretty much they were already They were not playing seed. for anything. Like, that's the most ridiculous thing. I don't well, know who the Dallas head coach is. This is this a serious injury? That's on him. Jason Kidd. Chase Jason Kidd? Oh, yes, I've completely forgotten that. Jason Kidd should know better of anyone. Well, the other thing is Dallas was winning comfortably, and they had Luka in there. Why? I Ask Jason Kidd. Bro, Jason Kidd, you have some swing in it, dude, man. Yeah, because if if, uh, if he's out for any amount of time in that playoff series, that is one hundred percent on the Dallas. This gives staff. Utah the upper hand, man, and they have struggled in the last couple that's, of seasons in the playoffs. If so. Luca's out in that series, Utah's that's winning. One awful series. Utah's winning if da- if Luca's oh, out. One hundred percent. Luca is the Dallas. Who Mavericks. is who else is on the Mavericks that can even put Spencer up Dinwiddie? Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, but he's he's okay. He's he was good a couple of years ago. I I'm mean. He's better than Porzingis, but like absolutely, <laughs> they've actually been pretty good. They have one of the best records uh, since that trade deadline. Yeah, of without Porzingis, they've been they, better. They it was rightfully so. They needed to move on. They actually remind me a little bit of Utah in terms of like regular season versus being able to withstand the postseason. Because like Utah, all in the last five or so years, they've put up great numbers in the regular season, and then it bounced, 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 bounced. Never even sniffed the Western Conference Final. And to me, that's what Dallas is looking like. Like I don't think they have. They need to make a couple moves and get Lucas some help out there, and then then we can start talking about them. But dumb move by Jason Kidd. You might have just cost your team a first round exit. Yeah, that would be real unfortunate. I'm hoping this can all be past us. Luca's going to be fine for game one, and we'll move on from there. But the Suns, they actually have the most wins in a season since 2017-2018. They have 64 wins. They're definitely the team to beat in the whole league, in my opinion. Yeah, if they don't win the uh, if they don't win the championship this year, it'll be very disappointing. Oh, no. And with this type of record, 64 and 18, I mean that that's you know pure talented, and they're just so loaded. Yeah, they, they got to pull it, pull it through. Another story is Clay Thompson dropped 41 last night. And so the Nuggets are facing Golden State. Where do you see that, that series in a whole churning out? I think it goes to at least six games, at least, if not seven. Because if you look at the regular season, the Nuggets were, uh, what, like three and one? Three and I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they had a winning record against the the Warriors this year. But, I mean, in some of those games, you know, you're obviously without Clay, Dealing with you're injuries, out Draymond. Yes. So, I'm definitely scared of the Warriors fully healthy. But I think if there's as good of a chance ever to bounce Golden State in the first round, it's right now. And 
if you can get Jamal Murray back, even just for a limited bench role, and then kind of have him work his way back in, the Nuggets are fully capable of beating the Golden State Warriors. They're capable. And the fact that we're even saying that, that without without Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray is pretty amazing. But if I'm looking at this from the Nuggets perspective, I'm going all in to win this series. Yeah, if the games are close, I totally see Nikola Jokic just, you know, turning the heat on in, in those final minutes. Yeah, and they're going to need Will Barton. They're really going to need uh, Aaron They're going to need good Will Barton. We not, need Will. Will Barton could be the key. Not documentary Will Barton. <laughs> B-roll Will Barton. When it yeah. comes to Steph Curry's injury, Steve Kerr said that there's a chance he may be ready for game one and there's a chance he may not. If you're Denver, you hope that you, he's out for that first game and you can snag one. Because without without Steph Curry, the, the Warriors are not if, if they're Steph, not a top team. Yeah, if Steph Curry is healthy in this matchup, uh, Golden State Warriors all the way, and I, I don't even think it goes to Game Six. It goes to like Game Five. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that because we don't know what what Steph's really gonna True. be like. You know, he's gonna have some it's Steph Curry, man. I, I mean, understand. Their big three have all had in. Their big three have all had to make a half court shot. They're all coming off of injuries, though. At least at some point this season, like Clay. Other than last night, like he hasn't really proved that he's still Clay Thompson because he sat for two years. And then Draymond exactly. Green is obviously on the decline just due to age. So it, they're all coming off of injuries this season. So maybe the Nuggets can take like a pace advantage and sort of just play harder and faster and. You know, we, but we're going to need Will Barton. We're going to need Aaron Gordon to step up and play like superstar players. I wish there was like somebody that was on that 2013 team from years ago when right. they first played them before the Golden State Warriors were a dynasty. I think Iguodala was on that. Yeah, team, Iguodala was on that team. He was for the Nuggets. His lonesome ride. Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Ty Lawson. Yep. Those kind of guys. Kenneth so Fareed. OG there's, Nuggets. There's been talk of Jamal Murray. It's now up to him whenever he's ready to play. He can play, but I've been seeing on social media that a lot of fans are going after him. Yeah, and that's stupid. Very sad. It's stupid because when you think about the severity of the injury that he suffered, the average human being should not even attempt athletic contact for 14 to 15 months after. It was a year ago tomorrow. It has not even been a full calendar year since he fully tore his ACL. And... People are just greedy and they look at – that's why the whole Ben Simmons thing is kind of sad because now people are going to look at stuff like Jamal Murray and be like, oh, he's soft. Like, oh, he's just not playing. Like, Different. he's not doing no, this. this is- but it's the era of like the people's patience is so thin for things like this, which I think is so dumb. But I do think the Ben Simmons thing is different because Ben did not have – well, of what we knew. Well, yeah. Having an injury. I'm saying. Does anybody even know why he got an injury? Like what? What caused him to have a back? His injury? gaming chair gave out, and he fell. The, no the, I, this is the third story I've heard. I heard that he hit a pothole go driving down the highway. I've heard uh, he was wrestling with I don't some even people. Know. I, I, yeah, I've heard. Like there so was a report things. that said uh, that he would be ready for game one of the play-in, and they asked the players, and they said, "I don't know. We don't even practice with him. He has his own personal." guy that he does his rehab and practicing with so we don't even really talk to him yeah but that came out to be false that steve nash was saying uh no i don't know anything about it he's ready so going back to jamal murray really quick the one bright side for me was um excuse me an interaction that he had with the denver nuggets media so before the game you know they're doing you know their whole thing you know the altitude guys the fan guys are out there doing their pregame stuff and jamal murray runs over to them really quickly and says 
you guys miss me yet? Hmm. And they all go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to come talk? And he just runs right away and started laughing. So to me, if you're not playing, you wouldn't do something like that. If you're not close. And as far as we know from Michael Malone and Tim Connolly and the Nuggets staff, he's good to go. It's all on him. And I think that's a great position to be in as opposed to him wanting to play and not physically being able to. I think that this five, six day stretch in between the final game of the season and game one of the playoffs is going to be absolutely critical for Jamal Murray. But I think he comes back. Yeah, I think he comes back. I, I will say this. I've been to one of the games recently and I watched, you know, the warm ups and watching Jamal Murray. You can't even tell that, you know, he was I even saw Michael Porter Jr. playing, but that was day. before his you know, setback. But Every day he's out there. Exactly. So. so he wants to play. Yeah. It's just when he's comfortable. And I don't want him to be out there not comfortable yet to play. Yeah. If he's not ready, you know what? We don't. Yeah. Just stay away. Yeah. yeah. We got a short term and long term. I think it would be better for him to at least attempt to play this season because when you take a full calendar year off of playing basketball like that, you have to slowly get back in. Yeah, but and the tough he, part with that is you're going from not playing and having an ACL injury to going full in at the playoffs. Well, playoffs is a different him. animal than regular season. That's why they put him off the bench, sort of in like a Bryn Forbes type of role. I understand, but still, regardless, bench or starting, you're still going to be on that court and with those players where it's different yeah and it was the same exact place a year ago today or tomorrow was in golden state was when jamal tore his acl so if you're him you have a lot to think about uh but from a medical point and from a coaching point we're under the impression that he's good to go so let's hope that this week he steps up his training and starts getting some good practice against the guys and Hopefully, he'll be ready to ease his way back in. And if that happens, I'm taking the Nuggets to beat the Golden State Warriors. So, Matisse Thibel of the Sixers, he is not eligible to play in Toronto against the Raptors in the playoffs due to his vaccination status. And this is the definition of a bad teammate. Bad teammate. To not be there for your team in the playoffs for two important games. Now, look, I'm not telling him get it or don't get it. That's not for me to say. It's up to him. But to not be there for your team and to tell your team that you're not going to be there, that's tough. It shows you're not all in. And if you're all in, then that's not somebody you want on your team. So, like, honestly, shame on him because the Sixers need him. Like, he's a valuable asset to them, and he could push them over the hump. And for him to be so selfish as to think that he's above the rules and – can just kind of do his own thing and not face any backlash. I think that's dumb. I think it's a sign of a terrible teammate. And yeah, I hope he has a terrible rest of the season. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> I think the Raptors have a real good chance of winning. This they could. Wow. Because they, this, they're three and one against the Sixers in the regular season. With no Matisse Thibel, that is a huge loss for them in at home for the Raptors. Yeah, that's an upset alert right there. I could see very easily Raptors in seven and just break the hearts of the Sixers again. If Joel doesn't carry them, he'll never should have deserved the MVP, and I never <laughs> want to hear the conversation again. All right. Well, good thing we're getting the NBA off topic. Uh, MLB opening week happened. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. We'll be right back.
I'm taking a trip over to Tibet. You know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in shangri I says it was none other than go mile high that camp. Lama, uh-huh. they got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Are you feeling droggy or tired? <gasps> Needing motivation or inspiration? Oh, yeah. Want to go to that party or need a workout? Oh, yeah. Well, then you need a bang. Bye. This is not your average energy drink. Bang is a revolutionary drink that combines essential amino acids with clean ingredients and 300 milligrams of caffeine for a good-for-you fuel to last you all day. With over 40 different flavors, there's a bang for everyone. Bang Energy Drinks. Fuel your destiny. Live from Ball Arena for one night only, it's KRS1. Tickets available online. You can get a chance to listen to some of his greatest hits from Criminal Minded and so much more. Show starts at 7 p.m. on September 12th, live at Ball Arena. Show out for the Blastmaster KRS1. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. It's where you get all the unlimited sports information you need. Breathing is hard. They are tested. Somebody stop that This is the Unlimited Sports Show. Ah, baseball is upon us, fellas. Yes, sir. It's a good one. Uh, I mean, we've had fights, walk-offs, pitching duels, and here is your MLB opening day recap. Goodness, opening. 
Ryan Day. Someone get me a beer. Seth Beer with a 3-1 home run to give the Diamondbacks a 4-2 win over the Padres. The trash cans must be banging the Houston Astros win their 10th consecutive opening day. Winning 3-1 over the Angels. Mets, Nationals, let's get ready to rumble. You get hit, you get hit. Benches cleared for opening day. That's why I like to see Mets win 5-1. The Reds don't care that the Braves won the World Series last year. There's supposed to be a party, but with a sold-out crowd of 40,000, but Reds win 6-3. Bobby Witt Jr. is in the big league. Sorry, ladies. He's taken. He also took an extra base hit as his first big league hit to give the Royals a 3-1 win over the new Cleveland Guardians. Good Lord, somebody save the Pirates. Their ship just got boarded by some Cardinals, winning 9-0. Fly the W, Chicago. The Cubbies get the first win of the year. Win 3-1 over the Brew Crew. The Detroit Motor Kitties are going to scratch this year. Javier Baez with a walk-off hit to take down the White Sox, 5-4. Ring the bell, more like smash the bell. The new Phillies came out swinging. Kyle Schwarber's first hit as the Phillies a home run to start the year. The super team Los Angeles Dodgers start things off right with a 5-3 victory. At least Russell Wilson had a solid first pitch. Robbie Ray was wearing the tight pants. That means he's bringing it. Mariners win it 2-1 against the Twins. Giants proving that 107-win season last year was a fluke. They start off the season right winning 6-5 against the Miami Marlins. Smash, smash, smash. That is what the Blue Jays lineup will do this year. Blue Jays beat the Texas Rangers 10-8. And that is your MLB opening day recap. Favorite moments of uh, opening day for you guys? Love it, Michael. Love it. Um, for me... Um, I don't know. It wasn't really the opening day. It was against the opening series against the the Rockies against the Dodgers. Um, Connor Joe, yeah, the sir. second game man coming in clutch. The game tied two two. You had another one today. Yeah, I got another one. They put him ahead in uh, overtime against the uh, um, who they played today? Texas, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I went to extra innings today in Texas. Rockies ended up winning six four. But yeah, honestly, that was mine too. Connor Joe, like uh, first of all. The weird thing was seeing the nat the DH at Coors Field for opening day. That was a little strange. It uh, is, huh? It's going to take some getting used to for sure. Um, but Connor Joe, man, stepping up not only in that DH role, but also playing first base. I, I really like the DH first base sort of combo the Rockies have of CJ Crone and Connor Joe. And uh, the Rockies win their first home series against the Dodgers since 2018. So, you yes, know what? That's uh, always a plus. It's the little things with the Rockies. You okay, take so what you can I, get. I don't want to burst your guys' bubble. But oh, last year, they were 48-33 and 33 at home, which is fantastic. But they're, they're also 26-54 on the road. Yeah. They're, they're, the Rockies, that's just what you have. Uh, the home road splits. Aside from that one year, uh, I want to say 2018, when they had a really good year on the road. It's this part of the thing. It's an advantage and a disadvantage at times. They did get their first road win already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. My my first my favorite moment from the weekend was Sunday night baseball Yankees Red Sox when they were talking to Kike Hernandez. Yeah. On and he was on the the mic for them. Yeah, he's funny. And then they were talking like, okay, well, what are you gonna do in the situation if get hit? And he was saying, well, I'm probably gonna throw home, and then or I might hit the cutoff. Don't know about that. Uh, and then the next pitch, it hit right to him. He goes, oh, here it is. And he had to sprint for it. And he threw, he threw home, didn't make it. The pitcher cut it off, but it was still a great moment overall. I mean, stop me if you guys have heard this already, fellas, before. But Byron Buxton, yeah, he's back. And he's looking like an MVP. He's on I the hope tape. he can stay healthy this year. That's the main thing for him. Because we, can, we definitely see when he's healthy, he is an insane player. And then we have Seiya Suzuki. Suzuki, hey, Suzuki of the Cubs. He hit his first home run for the Cubbies. Uh, Cubs are an interesting team this year. Uh, 
I feel like they'll be just around 500 for them. But Blue Jays, man, that lineup is everything that they promised to be with that lineup. That infield with Bo Bichette, Vlad, Chapman, and Biggio. Ay, 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 ay. That is a team that you definitely do not want to face. Don't forget Toronto Blue Jays legend, Rymel Tapia. Yes. <laughs> Vlad uh, actually hit a 467-feet home run. Yeesh. Wow. And the Blue Jays have seven home runs in three games. That's insane. Dude, I love Vladdy Jr. And I love Bo Bichette. Um, obviously, I watch their dads play, which is super weird. Makes me feel old. That whole team is full of juniors. Yeah, what? What's up with the Toronto scouting department? The Blue Jays. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy scouting. Just think, well, their, their father was great. Mm, Surely yeah. they must be. That's <laughs> that, that was their plan. We're like, let's get all the sons of Hall of Famers. Yeah, that AL East, East will sure be interesting. If you're a baseball fan in the AL East, like, you're never bored. I'm Except sure if you're fan. Uh, a fan. Yeah, yeah Baltimore. I'm not sure Oriole fan. They're the only team without a, a win this year so yeah. far to start off. Another exciting one was one of my favorite things is that the umps, they come out to the crowd and they they tell you what the call is yeah. out loud, kind of like in football. Yeah. It's been so fun so far. I've yeah. enjoyed it. Because when they go out on the field and they call it, the fans' reaction is so much better than when they just yeah. do the hand signals. Well, even like what we were talking before, they don't even like make the decision themselves. They just hook up a headset and talk to the boys back in New York, and then they give them the, the verdict. But another thing I wanted to ask you about, Michael, was how about the Cubs and Brewers throwing at each other so many times? Yeah. I, th- I feel like... Why it's, I mean, it goes all the way back from last year, too. Yeah. The Cubs Brewers throwing at each other. And I, I Andrew McCutcheon is one of my favorite players. Me too, man. Uh, Honestly. Don't like seeing him get hit. But I think why it's happening so much now is that in, in your minor league clubs, what they're looking for sometimes right now is stuff instead of command. Okay. So with if you have nasty stuff, that's why they care more about you know, what's your break looking like on a pitch mm. and how fast you can throw it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, if you have a nasty two-seamer, you try throwing that, it's going to go slide right into the hitter. So that's why I think it's happening more is because they don't care much about command in some. Because mm-hmm. I know the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees, specifically, they do that. Yeah. Um, I think I saw a stat that the Cubs and Brewers have exchanged like something like 27 hit by pitches in the last like season and a half, which is kind of insane it makes you think it's not totally because obviously every once in a while there's going to be a ball that slips up yeah. and brushes somebody but to me this seems kind of intentional it seems like we got some tempers flaring there was in the NL beef, Central. yeah and i love it i love that about baseball it's but good i don't for baseball i don't want it to keep happening you yeah, know every once in a while get the boys off the bench get them stretching their legs or you could play die much. you could straight up die from taking a fastball to the head like imagine if somebody like araldus chapman one day oh. just slips up with a 105 mile an hour fastball to the skull bro I mean, like you're toast if you go back you're concussed when, you're dazed and confused when stanton was on the marlins oh yeah that i remember that oh it's scary yeah dude baseball is no joke like no it can be boring at times for sure but like there's nothing boring about taking a fastball to the head no it was a good opening uh weekend i mean i think we saw five grand slams over the opening weekend yeah, so, you know, there's also exciting. some there's also some tempers flaring between uh, the Mets and the Nationals. Uh, yeah, a bit of a benches clearing brawl thanks to 
Mr. Buck Showalter. We know he's never the one to sit down and be quiet. Things are already getting feisty. Oh, that Dester that Buck gave. <laughs> it scared the heck out of me. I mean, yeah, Pete Alonzo, that's what's going to happen when Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor take a, a pitch to the head. Yeah. Your manager is not going to be happy, specifically when it's... Somebody feisty and old school like that. Like, Oh, yeah. He's been there. He's been there Buck for a Showalter has been in the league since what? Probably the 80s. Oh, forever. I mean, that he was man, with the Orioles for a while. Was, um, yeah, Yankees as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, another thing was Javier Baez, a new Tiger, as I said in the opening. Uh, that was so, so interesting because he hit it to right field and right away he knew uh, that it hit the wall. Mm-hmm. But from when I first watched it, I thought AJ Pollock, I thought he caught it. But oh, yeah. it did hit off the wall right before it went in his glove. Yeah. And then the umps reviewed it. And it's so funny when the umps were still talking with the headset to the people back in New York. They had it showing on the big uh, board, the scoreboard, mm-hmm. and the fans were erupting and the Tigers players were all running out on the field even before the call was made because you could clearly see yeah. in review that it hit the wall before uh, his mitt. So then it was yeah. a walk-off. It's kind of weird seeing Javi Baez in a different uniform. Like I mean, when I just, think of him, I think of him as like such a cub, like seeing him like out there for Detroit. So it's always a weird feeling. When you see somebody who's played somewhere for so long in a different uniform. But, yeah, that, there's definitely some excitement going on opening week baseball. Like, yeah, baseball's yeah, back. Like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Did you guys see the new Houston Astros uh, jerseys? They're called Space City. I saw those. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I like the design. I don't like the colors. I, well, I like the colors. The thing I don't like is the font of Space City. Yeah. I, I get what they're trying to do with the city connectors. You know, like they've been kind of doing that in the NBA for the last few years with kind of a one season sort of futuristic modern design of a uniform. And I actually really like the Nationals one. I think it's, it's cool. It's very nice. It's very it's different. One of the most sold out one for. Uh, and the other one who I like is the Chicago White Sox. There's something those very like the all black. Yeah, there's yeah, something yeah, like yeah. very like gangster rap about those to me. No, like for real, like it's really cool. the the thing. It looks like the the font looks like a DJ no, drama mixtape yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to see the Rockies once it comes out. It should be here soon. What are you hoping? Certain color? I, I told you, uh, I'm hoping a nod to the uh, 1998 All Star jerseys, the That's green right. and purple. Ken Griffey Jr. up there winning the home run derby, like. I think those are iconic. Just the, it's such a random, like it almost looks like the color of the seats at Coors Field, that kind of green color, which is different, but hopefully something, you know, mountain themed, like centennial. Like, I just hope they don't have like a dumb word written across the chest. Like, yeah. hopefully it doesn't say like centennial state. Yeah. Or- <laughs> yeah. No one there now, also one player of the week. Sorry. Boo. Boo. No one there now. Boo. So this is the Unlimited Sports Show. On GoMileHigh.com, we'll be talking NFL next. Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans! 
Live in the now! So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than go mile high that camp, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on gomilehigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today, so find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. This is the Unlimited Sports Talk Radio Show, where we talk unlimited sports on Go Mile High Radio. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com, part of the BR Narrow Network. I'm your host, Michael Curry, and I have Jeff Raw on the board and Eric Sigala and Jack Lynch to my right. Well, fellas, the NFL, it's a league and it's about having weapons. That's the most important part. And the big, big part of weapons is having the wide receiver. Who are you going to say is the best wide receiver in the league? For me, it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, you have Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, DK, or Hill. For me, I got to go Devontae Adams. Hmm, interesting. Wow. Devontae I mean, we'll Adams. See, we'll see how those numbers decline when he's getting thrown through by <laughs> Derek Carr. I mean, he's going to be in a uh, a McDaniels offense. So, <laughs> let's see if, you know, that's good for him. Because, I mean, do you remember when Brandon Marshall had that one year with Josh oh, McDaniels yeah. in 2009? Wow. You know, he, he had some huge names, huge games, but I can't go with Devontae Adams. I'm going to go with the guy who had the Triple Crown last year with uh, good old Cooper Cup. Honestly, same. I mean, 
that season was like a Jerry Rice type season. Like if, if he can sustain even a little bit of that next year, I mean, obviously he only had the really one good season, so it's tough to call him the best receiver in the league, but like he's poised to have the most talent of any receiver in the league. Devontae Adams is awesome. He's pretty good, but I think he's going to take a step back. Some other names that we can throw in there in that conversation is like Justin Jefferson with Minnesota and Jamar Chase. Stephon Diggs. Chase as a rookie, man. What he was able to do? Wow. I like Stephon Diggs too, man. Yeah. He's pretty good. I like Diggs. It's insane, the talent and the league for the wide receiver. What is your guys' opinion of MVP? Because do you think Cooper Cup with his insane triple crown last year deserves – more MVP votes than Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Yes, uh, absolutely. If you're looking at it in terms of like a season being the most valuable player instead of just – the NFL is weird with the MVP because it's usually a, most of the time a quarterback. It's most of the time a quarterback or if you rush for 2,000 yards. Yeah. yeah. And I think they should broaden that horizon a little bit. Like if you look at somebody like Jonathan Taylor, he should have been in that conversation for MVP. Cooper Cup should have been in the conversation for MVP. So like – we should start expanding our horizons more as what we think of as like an NFL MVP because Cooper Cup did have the best season of any player in the NFL and he ended up with a ring on top of all that. Yeah. So you can't deny that he had the most productive and most successful season. And what else is an MVP besides that? Yeah. Right. What was the last time a wide receiver has won MVP? Probably well, Jerry it, Rice. It's got me. Thinking. Oh, Megatron, right? Didn't he get one? I don't, no. I don't believe he won no. MVP. It has me thinking of how the MLB does things. They True. have an award for their pitcher. Yep, Cy Young. Say that's an award for the quarterback in mm. the NFL. They have the Cy Young for baseball. Why not have the QB award? Yeah, for the football? Tom Brady award. Yeah, and then <laughs> if a quarterback has a absolute insane year, then you can get both. They get the MVP as well. Yeah, just like how it is in pitching. Yeah, Justin Verlander with the Cy Young and the MVP yeah. in the same year. Why not go that route so we can actually have other players have a chance of winning MVP? I- other than just, oh, I'm not a quarterback, I'm not even going to I think that anything. makes a lot of sense. Um, I think they do something similar in hockey. Uh, the only sport where it's really just a straight-up free-for-all is the NBA. Because, I mean, with you look at like a five-on-five matchup, like it's there's a definitive best player in the league, which is Nikola Jokic. But um, <laughs> I would agree with you in the... Uh, in the NFL conversation, like let's get like a Tom Brady award, like a something like that, like yeah. for the best quarterback. And then we can take the focus off and look at other players who are deserving of the most valuable player. Yeah. Cause I understand it's a quarterback's league pretty much, but it's enough. <laughs> I'm sick of the MVP going to the quarterback every year. Yeah. I'm yeah. Fair. I don't think there's ever been a wide receiver. That's one MVP. Really? Not yes. even, not even looking Jerry at the Rice. list, not even Jerry Rice. Who's been running back? Who was the last MVP. Who was the last player to – who's the last position player to was win MVP? Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson in oh. 2012 when he rushed for 2,000. So yeah. we've had 10 straight years of a quarterback winning at yeah. this point. Because it's been Aaron Rodgers, 2015, Cam Newton. Peyton Manning. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Scroll yeah, man. On your list in 1982, the most wild MVP race of all time. <laughs> 1982. Game on the line. Josh Allen and Diggs, Mahomes and Kelsey, Brady and Evans, or Stafford and Cup? I'm going to say Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. See, that's that's my second choice. I mean, the easy answer would be Patrick Mahomes. That's exactly. But that's too easy of an answer. Like, well, they're not doing easy, it again. The they're not doing it again. They, they, 
in my opinion, the Chiefs, like the Chiefs should be scared right now. Like they've had their time. Like they've kind of run freely in the AFC now for a while, but now stuff has changed now. Yeah. The AFC is deep. The rest of the teams are And they are forward. not the clear cut favorite to win anymore. So I think they should be scared. I think Patrick Mahomes takes a step back this year. Um, I think the Chiefs as a whole take a step back this year and Hopefully I'm, that leads to their inevitable downfall permanently. I'm very interested to see what they do with all their picks. Yeah, this year, are I they going to trade up? Are they going to trade them? Or are they just going to pick where they are? Listen, I think there's a recipe on how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's just unrelenting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Get yeah. him uncomfortable going into the third and fourth quarter, where he doesn't have you know enough time to throw the ball. Um, basically, you know, if you get him on the run, that's when he starts making mistakes. So I'm not. I think the Chiefs are on a downfall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with Josh Allen and Diggs, Josh Allen not only throwing, he can just run and hurdle and juke some players out along the way. Yeah. So with him, he's he's a Swiss Army knife. So that it's tough. I mean, then also the goat Brady and oh. Evans, and then Stafford and Cup, who just won the Super Bowl. But Evans isn't like I mean, Evans is a great wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like I don't think he's. He's not up there with them. No, he's not top five receivers. Did you guys see Stafford doing this with the Rams or no? Because Uh, coming from... I didn't see him winning at all. I'm not a Lions fan, but coming from being a lot of Lions fans and knowing Stafford and kind of growing up with him in in the city, I knew what he could do. And, And that's the thing why... I mean, if you looked at the Super Bowl parade that LA had... It was nothing compared with the there was nobody there. Detroit had. There was nobody there. Right. Because they have no fans in L.A. Because <laughs> they moved to St. Louis for 20 years and then came back and acted like nothing happened. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. I think that's the dumbest. But Matthew Stafford, obviously, if you look at the numbers like for the last 10 or so years, he's obviously been one of the best. But, I mean, some of that could have been seen as like a circumstantial thing. Like, okay, I'm just going to go all out and just toss as many – yards as I can in a meaningless game but he proved everybody wrong he said he stepped up he said I should be in that conversation for the best quarterbacks but nobody could have predicted the season that Cooper Cup had nobody could have well, predicted. he just makes wide receivers better he does he's one of those players where he's he an old everyone school. surrounding him better I yeah. mean Megatron and then Cup and then just seeing what OBJ did from going to Cleveland yeah. to the Rams of how much better Stafford made OBJ right and I, I did have him going all the way to the Super Bowl, going up against uh, Buffalo. Um, sadly, that didn't happen. But uh, that would have been a good game. Okay, before I think so. before training camp and all that starts, because it's coming soon. Who's your early pick to win it all this year? Uh, to win it all, mm. Mm. I'm, I'm going Bills. Bills Mafia. I, I feel like it has to be the Get Bills, the man. Like, ready. But like, there's just something about this Rams team that they're trying their best to run it back yet again. And go back to back. So I mean, who in the NFC is touching the Rams at this point? I, I the Buccaneers, bro. Tom Brady's back. I mean, that's a he's back and he's better than ever. Forty-four <laughs> years old. That's bro. one argument. But like, is there forty-four any, years young? Are there any other teams in the NFC that are like? Because the AFC is locked and loaded. I man. mean, we'll see what the Packers do in the draft. With, yeah, with, what do they can do with the Packers? Receiver? Yeah, what are the they just traded Devontae Adams? That's why I said we'll see what they do. Because Rebel right Cobb now they're there. not. Super Bowl. Combat. I mean, they yeah. can win that division probably. Yeah, they'll win the division easy. They lost some good defensive players too. Unless Justin Fields steps up. No, I'm just kidding. No. Just kidding. Justin Fields would have folks. had a chance if they got him better weapons and they hired an offensive-minded coach. 
They yep. went defensive minded, and that's not what you want to What's do with a young What's up with the Bears head coaches, man? Do they just never What's up have with the Bears in general? <laughs> They're the Bears. cursed now, bro. I mean, they, have, they had Mike Ditka, and then that this, whole thing, which he didn't end up like, because if you remember, then he went to New Orleans and traded his entire draft for Ricky Williams. And this is what happens when you go to your... Dress. Like, is he even that good? Like, did he just have a good team in 85? Is that the only... Because the Bears are one of the oldest teams in the NFL. Have they ever had, like, a good coach? I mean, George Hallis, I way mean, back then. Yeah, but uh, Recently, we're talking leather uh, helmets Lo- back then, bro. <laughs> Lovey, Lovey Smith was probably, like, their yeah, next best. Yeah, I guess he was okay. Ugh. He took him to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton All as right. his quarterbacks. Shout out Lovey Smith, then. Yeah, because, I mean, if you do that, I feel like that's got to give you some sort of pedigree of, you know, a talent, but... See if you can do that with Davis. Mills this is what happens. Sure. You know, this team's cursed. You know, this is what happens when you don't run Walter Payton in the Super Bowl and their only Ooh. Super Bowl that they won. Um, and you were just running everybody else into the end zone except for the best player on your team that you've ever had. So I don't know. Maybe they're cursed. Yeah, probably. The uh, NFL is still mourning the passing of Dwayne Haskins uh, after being struck by a car in South Florida. He was on the highway and he was trying to cross. Uh, and the Buckeyes are they're going to honor Dwayne during Saturday's spring game, and they're going to continue to do that. They don't know exactly what they plan on doing, but they do plan on honoring him during their season. Yeah, this is a heart wrenching tragedy. Um, the guy was only twenty four years old, um, and the amount of potential that he had still left in him. You know, we, we don't we might never know what what could have been with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely super sad for his family and his teammates and. He honestly would have had a chance to compete for the starting role this year with Pittsburgh. Yeah, back in January, he said, quote, I've wanted to be a quarterback my entire life. Being a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers is a dream. I feel like I can be a starter in this league. I got drafted for that reason, quote. It's just a shame overall. I mean, he was already getting involved with the community in Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah. I mean, him going up against, uh, you know, Trubisky, I definitely could have seen that, you know, him taking over. Yeah, a little bit of controversy surrounding that uh, had to do with the one Mr. Adam Scheffner. Oh, goodness. Who, uh, we know Scheffner is the breaking news guy. He's the probably the most reliable firsthand source when it comes to NFL information. So at uh, 10.58 a.m., we have this tweet from Adam Scheffner that says, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh, died this morning when he got hit by a car. And so it was kind of distasteful, Distaste- yeah, a little off color, yes, yeah. uh, a little off color for uh, Scheffner. But after a quick backlash, he quickly deleted the tweet and came out with another one before dropping that struggle part on the thing. So um, a little bit of uh, weird controversy. It's when somebody dies, just shut up and be respectful. Exactly. Yeah, this is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. We'll be right back talking about some MVP conversation. Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans! 
Live in the now! So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com. Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in Shangri? I says it was none other than go mile high that camp, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on gomilehigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today, so find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. It's where you get all the unlimited sports information you need. Breathing is hard. Bear tested. Somebody stop Look that out, man. Welcome back. This is the un. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMile.com. All right, fellas, it's time. Regular season's over, so now we can really discuss who's the MVP. And I'm going Joel Embiid. I already know who you two are going with. Lame. But here's wow, bro. Why. Here's why. All right. Oh, here Don't. we go. Some Michael nonsense. Tell me why DeMar DeRozan's the best. <laughs> All right, well, Joel Embiid, <laughs> he has a scoring title. Who, the first Booker? by an international player. And the first for a center since Shaquille O'Neal in 1999 and 2000. I mean, just the game over the Pacers, he scored 41, had 20 rebounds. And this was Embiid's 40th 30-point game of the season, which leads the NBA. Jokic only has 22. Embiid also grabbed the season high 20 rebounds. Stat pad. The seventh game. Stat pad. It's not always about scoring, bro. What else Stat can you pad. do? 
It's easy to get he can 40 points too. a game when you get 25 that. free throws a uh, game. Did he one, have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500? No, he didn't because nobody has except for Nikola Jokic. So. The first player in NBA history. Bam. Yeah, right. MVP right there. Enough of this conference. That was a short segment. Yeah, dork. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you know who had uh, three more wins, too, than the Nuggets? I mean. Yeah, with two of their best players out and the Sixers okay, literally really traded for about James Harden mid-season, bro. Ben Simmons. I mean, I they, they ended up getting James sec- Harden. The second best player on the team wasn't even playing. Philadelphia early. has a terrible team culture. Like, they're just like putting out losers <laughs> out there, bro. First, you got this whole anti-vax thing going on. Then you got Ben Simmons. You got Doc Rivers, bro. Like, come on. Just trust the process. Yeah, right. Just trust the Thank process, you, right? How's that going for you? Okay. It's but at the end of the day, it's going to be tough. It's going to be close. Not really. Between Jokic. Okay. From what your opinion is, isn't really. Okay. And all of Denver. I mean, I've seen the votes that have come out already. Like, people are publishing dude, their ballots, I've bro. Heard, it's not even close. I've heard on TV all today okay. on Fox Sports. And because ESPN, they always Fox do this. Sports. They always they try and change perspective. For my Signing vote, Fox Joel B gets my vote. They say he, he, he has the eye. For MVP, <laughs> and he's got the stats to back it up now with the score. Not, not the stats like Yoke, bro. Yeah, Jokic is a uh, like whole nother. I mean, yeah, once again, you know, he's not the most flashiest player. He's not, you know, the guy who's on the highlight reels. But being the first one in, in league history for as long as it's been around for to have 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists, man. I'm going to keep on waving those numbers because those are historic numbers that nobody has seen before. All right, here we go. Nikola Jokic averaged 27, 14, and 8 on 66% total shooting compared to Embiid's 31, 12, and 4 on 62%. Nikola Jokic is the first player ever to get 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in a season. He's the only player who's top 10 in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. He had a better year than he did last year when he won the MVP. And on top of that, he had no Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. You also got to look at one thing with with the way Joel Embiid played against the other two, uh, you know, MVP candidates with Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. There, I said his last name. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but he lost both those games in the late se- in the late of the season. So I mean, but Embiid's from Cameroon. So, so that's Jokic cool. Is from Serbia, bro. <laughs> yeah, Serbia, man. Though he was born during war times. Okay. When he entered this world, there was bullets going by his head right. in the hospital. So, and that just shows just you what kind Twitter of guy this. Talking about it. the thing for Serbian me, really, man, he's a better defender right. individually. Let's talk that. about like just the attitude toward the whole thing. Like, if you look at a true professional, Jokic doesn't care about the awards; he wants to win. But then you have Joel Embiid over here crying and complaining. Crying. I'm the MVP. I should win the MVP. Like the way he says it with that cockiness. Like, <laughs> Bro, he's not a pro's pro like Jokic is. He's not built like that. Why should you not try and, you know, if you really want something, why not really try hard for it? Because he knows he doesn't deserve it. And with Jokic, he doesn't need to go out there and be like, right. yeah, look Jokic at me. Jokic doesn't I have MVP. to say oh, anything. He knows Man, he's going to be He lets so his game so talk humble. for him, bro. Jeez. He's just so humble. Dude, I think you two are about to cry right now. Bro, we're going to Yeah, right. A Philly fan telling me I'm about to cry. Hilarious. Yeah, what is- I mean... <laughs> Joel Embiid was Explain the one who was crying that. in Explain the second that. round exit against the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, right. With James Harden. 
You know what? Yeah, you know, I, I Joel's stats have gotten better with James Harden there because James Harden, we can all agree. I don't want to hear James Harden's a star. He's got help now because he has not been helping and beat at all. Dude, he's a Hall of Fame player. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, yeah, he is an MVP, former MVP. Okay, so then let's talk about Russ then for the Lakers. It's the same thing. Um, no, not really. Not okay. James isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. And even though he's a Hall of Fame player for the Sixers, Russ wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing for the Lakers. And he's a Hall of Fame player. One team's in the playoffs. One team. Yeah, right. <laughs> if Russ was on Philadelphia, it'd be the, the same Lakers thing. because the Lakers do not have Joel Embiid. If the Nuggets went out midseason yeah, and traded for somebody LeBron like James that, it would Yoke. hurt Jokic. You guys not understand what I'm getting Bro, Jokic <laughs> is the most valuable player because he's carrying a team of literal Uber drivers, bro. I'm telling you, they, he missed the it, bro. He yeah, I don't think there was the another player the on the Nuggets seed. that have had over ten points that averaged Dude, over ten. Not points. a single one, and yeah. they're the six seed. They're Gordon twelve games over ten points. He doesn't. That's the crazy part. Fifteen. Oh, it's fifteen points. No, nobody averages more than not okay. even. I think Gordon not got even like a another Nuggets player averaged over ten, huh? So it's almost like he's carrying the whole team by himself. You guys don't know what you're talking about. The most valuable. Jeez. What does valuable mean to you, Michael? <laughs> I'm asking, what does that mean to you? It means if you take that player out of their team, they're nothing. Okay. So but that could go for think all about three that of again. Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid. I mean, Jokic would have the – dude, if, the, if Jokic was off the Nuggets right now and they had just the players they have right now, they would be one of the worst teams in the league. They would be, yeah, bottom of the – they would if be worse than the MB Orlando Magic. If you off of the Sixers and you still have all those dudes there, they're like a top five seed in the East. No. Top five seed. What do yeah, you mean? dude, they could get to the dude with James Harden like just cooking they're by himself all season. Right now. Yeah, dude, they're they're still up there, there but they're easy. not they're not playing contention or falling out of it if Embiid's not there. They're still in it. Right, and like their team why, is, is loaded enough for them to continue winning without Joel Embiid. Yeah, a lot of Philly fans are grasping at straws trying to get this for him, but it's you honestly just another first round exit. I hope another second place here for I root Joel. Giannis. Please well, you know what? Then I hope the Nuggets win the championship. How about that? Yeah, good luck. Yeah, You're going to need what Jack was saying, how Jamal Murray's going to need to come out with the Angels you know carrying what? him. Nicole Jokic doesn't he need will. the MVP. He won it last year. You know, he, he's... Jokic doesn't even need the MVP, bro. That's the difference. Embiid needs this, like, for his ego. So if Joel Embiid, you know, there'll still be a conversation of that Nikola Jokic was robbed, and you'll have to deal with that. Rather than just being like, all right, he won the scoring the title. Here's the average uh, leaders for each uh, category. DeJounte Murray, he's the steals leader, average two steals per game. Rudy Gobert, rebound leader, 14.7. Jaron Jackson Jr. leading the blocks, 2.3. Chris Paul with assists at 10.8. Anyone surprising up there? Uh, there's uh, only one person who's Jaron Jackson. Top 10 bro. Yeah, how right. many blocks? Two point three. Okay, that's yeah, the that, that's, lead. That's impressive. It's mm-hmm. kind of a small number to lead the league, though, don't you think? Nah. Two blocks. Not the days game. of Yao, where he was like averaging like I don't know five. I'm pretty sure Matumbo averaged like six or seven. Yeah, Matumbo was Matumbo was good back then. The Nuggets need somebody like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, like Jokic is great. But I just wish his defense was a little better. I wish our bench was a little bit better. I, I wish, yeah, the whole defenders. overall team was better. You know, I wish we had the 76ers roster. I mean, I wish <laughs> ACL injuries weren't a thing, too. Bro, yeah. if you take the 76ers roster and just straight up put um, Jokic, Jamal, and MPJ in it, like that's they're, they're going to win. That's, gonna a, go all that's the way. a championship team right there. What are we doing? Playing 2K? Yes, dude. That's, that's what you're doing, <laughs> talking about Joel Embiid should be the MVP. I have been playing the show, though. The show's great. First impressions. Um, I struggled, you know, with the whole 
hitting. Are you good on the sticks? Um, oh. No, dude. Like time, I had to do the timing first before I could do the sticks. So, but Timing's, I don't know. Timing stuff. Timing is tough. So, oh, it's gonna be a fun postseason, and I can't wait for what what comes out of us during this time because <laughs> I have a feeling it might get heated a lot. I mean. Honestly, in a perfect world for me right now, I want Giannis to win the MVP and both of our teams just get mm. knocked out of the first round. That's such a hater take. <laughs> it is kind of a hater you go, take. If I can't have it, nobody can. Give it to the new team. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're the one that said you think Toronto is going to lose or is going to beat Philadelphia. Yeah, and you already have told me multiple times that you think Jokic is the MVP. You I want. Mean, I mean. So we caught Joel just, just won the, the scoring title. Well, that and yeah, then he's also had to get bounced by Toronto. Player of the week in the East. I mean, we're talking about Player of the Week awards, bro. We can go man. there. We can go there with Player of the Week awards. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I think it's gonna be Jokic. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be as close as some people are thinking. Yeah, Michael. We've we've already seen, and the the crazy part is this isn't even just speculation anymore. Like the voters have put out their ballots. And from the ones who have released them publicly, it's an overwhelming majority voting Jokic. And I think that's going to happen. And when it does, I'm going to rub it in Michael's face. Look, I th- oh, I know you will. Because you never, <laughs> you remember your Car- ego. If we're talking about egos, yours is the one that needs help. <laughs> hey, bro, because I'm a Nuggets fan. I'm watching the best cheap. player that's ever played for the history of the Nuggets. Okay, just keep keep kissing your uh, Jokic poster. I'm gonna at, come, I don't have a Jokic poster, but if I did... Maybe. I have a Antonio McDice poster. (laughs) (laughs) Denver Nugget great. (laughs) Denver Nuggets legend. Oh, yeah. Glad we brought this segment up. How about your Phillies, though, Michael? Your Phillies are making a nice little comeback. Yeah, your Phillies, man. They're doing great. They're down 4-0. It's it's a 5-4 ball game, bottom of the eighth. Eating the Mets. Also want to point out that I did call JT Real Muto hitting a home run. You did. You You can ask the guys. Congrats, Jack. All right. The Masters happen. We're going to be talking about that in the next segment. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMahai.com. Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans! Live in the now! So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. 
like certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in College Radio it makes you want to work in real radio. College Radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support College Radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College Radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Camp. Lama, uh-huh. they got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man, what's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah, I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah, because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today, so find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. You gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. Back. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. I'm Michael. We have Eric, Jeff, and Jack with us today. Well, Scotty Scheffler, he gets his green jacket and he wins the Masters for his first career major and he's had four wins in his last six starts. And this is what he had to say. He talked to Masters CBS Sports. What's next? I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm pretty tired right now and, you know, we're going to go home and celebrate a little bit. And honestly, Joe, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really at a, at a loss for words right now. I'm kind of glad I, I have a little hiccup there in the last hole. It made me a little less emotional so I can get through this interview. I don't know much about golf or Scotty in general, but what I do know is that he's such a likable guy from what I have seen. Uh, like he told his wife he wasn't ready for this, but turns out he was. Uh, he's 25 years old and he won $10 million. Yeah, congratulations, Scotty Scheffler. That's a nice chunk of change right there. Won this one in a uh, dominating performance. Yeah. And one other thing that came out of this whole Masters was Tiger Woods. I think the whole story in general is inspiring. I mean, could this really be it for him kind of when it comes to bigger tournaments like this? Yeah, he's going to be doing like the one-off ones. Um, I mean, we're just watching him limp. It was It was tough for him. And someone asked him after he said, "There, are you in? Are you in pain?" And he was like, "Uh huh, uh huh." So I mean, <laughs> after that car accident and less than fourteen months after he nearly lost his right leg, it, I mean, seventy-two holes it really took a toll on him. Yeah, I mean, Tiger Woods, you know, 
what what we know now is he is one of he's probably the greatest golfer of all time. And, uh, you know, his story of him coming back to play in, in this tournament um, really took away from Scotty Scheffler's uh, championship because I feel like that was more highlighted than uh, Scheffler actually winning. Exactly. I was going to say that, too. I, I mean, he posted his worst score in 24 Masters appearances as a professional. But again, it's still impressive for what he did do uh, overall. I mean, yeah, uh, Tiger Woods coming back. Wait, he, he he almost lost his leg, did he not, in that yep. car accident? Yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's really hard to kind of go through that and go through the, a tournament like this. Um, yeah, so I understand why he was limping and he didn't look comfortable. Yeah, so congrats to Scotty Scheffler on getting that green jacket. And also congrats to Denver. Uh, they scored five straight third-period goals to capture the NCAA Division I Men's Hockey Championship Ooh. with a 5-1 victory over Minnesota State at TD Garden Saturday night. Uh, congrats to them overall. Yeah, this is DU's ninth championship um, in the Frozen Four. So congratulations, man! They're they're just one of the best, you know, uh, athletic programs when it comes to hockey in in the world. They're phenomenal. Yeah. So if we go to the MLB and and betting in general, so the MLB season is less than a week old, but one better has already taken full advantage by winning a life changing amount of money. Better at Bet MGM won. $265,000 off a $50 bet on Saturday when his 14 leg parlay hit. Ooh. And the bet consisted of 14 unders on the day where 14 of 15 games went under the total. Wow. So I'm cursed when it comes to betting. I just started. Already? You just started. You just started. So <laughs> Michael signed up for FanDuel literally. Like I got to hear about this. It's basically like. So many signs telling me to stop. So opening day, Padres, Diamondbacks. Padres were up by two. There was even a no-hitter going. Diamondbacks didn't even have a, a hit. And so it was around the fifth inning. So I bet that um, – actually, no. It was 1-0. So I placed a bet that Diamond, uh, Padres would win more than two. Easy bet, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, Diamondback, kind of Diamondbacks. And placed a bet. I go home. I check. It says 2-0. It's the ninth. So I turn the TV on and I see <sighs> Seth Beer comes up to the plate <laughs> in the bottom of the ninth. Have a beer. It's a walk-off home run. But think absolutely broke my heart. And then over the weekend, it, it I got the itch. So I'm like, I'm gonna place another bet. So the last series of Oakland Phillies game, I was thinking, all right, I'm gonna do the, the parlay of where Schwerber, Harper. Reese and Nick Cassianos, they get two total bases. Something easy. They're going to do that for sure. Well, not a single one of them got a hit that game. Wow. So I might be calling it a career on betting, boys. Well, it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> no, it wasn't. All right. Ended before Devo never got going. I didn't, get a single, <laughs> I didn't get a single victory. Yeah, let's keep Michael away from Las Vegas, huh? Yeah. Well, another one, that person that didn't win was Aaron Drudge. He did not sign the extension with the Yankees. And what? He, he actually said that he'll talk to every single team. He said he had a deadline, right? He yeah. Said like, oh. First pitch of opening day. So yeah, that's weird. He should definitely probably stay on the Yankees. Like, mm. I'm not advocating. Like, I mean, he he he's their guy, man. I like, don't want him in Colorado. I mean, I take it. But oh like, yeah, I'd take anybody at this. But point. like, I don't think dude, they're gonna pay the, the fa- money. That'll when take. you're the face of the New York Yankees, like. 
dollar signs like I mean, we obviously know the MLB contracts can get big. Well, that's the thing. They offered him a record-breaking AAV, but only for the Yankees because it was going to break Alex Rodriguez's AAV. But the thing with that, Alex Rodriguez has been out of the league for some time now. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, five, ten years ago of breaking the AAV back then is not impressive. I, I personally, you know, it's kind of weird to say, but baseball is better. And all, this goes for all sports. Like baseball is better when teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox are like up there competing. Like it's good for baseball. And the New York Yankees, if you look at their kind of downfall, like obviously they had that World Series win in 2009. Haven't really done much since then. Um, if I'm the Yankees, I'm not letting Aaron Judge go at any cost. Like Absolutely give him give him whatever not. he wants. He's the face of that franchise. He's the face of the winningest franchise in sports history. Stay there. I think it's very smart what Aaron's doing though. Yeah, he's he's playing hardball, literally. Like he's he has the leverage up, and that's kind of what you see now in the here in the twenty twenties and the twenty tens. Like the players are running the league now. Like this isn't like players bending to the will of teams just for the sake of doing it. Well, you can look at that. That's how it's going for every sports. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And like, that's why guys like LeBron James, like kind of started that. Like, yeah. Just moved to Miami. Yeah. yeah, And the players, I mean, it's sort of a more democratic way to look at things. Like the people who actually play in the league are the ones calling the shots. But yeah, if I'm the New York Yankees, I do not let Aaron Judge go. That would be a big mistake. Well, everyone looks at Aaron Judge and think, oh, well, he can hit the long ball. But if you look he, in the outfield, he's an amazing defensive. He is. He can throw, too. Yeah, he's got quite the arm on him. I like watching him play. I really do. Like, he, if you're a fan of baseball and you just get up there and watch him take batting practice or something, like, you can tell he's a pro. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see Rob Manfred, the no. peace offering God. that he gave to the players about the Bose headphones? No way. Yeah. Stop it. And it's hilarious that it's the headphones cool, so they can all just tune Rob Manfred out. He offered them headphones <laughs> as an apology gift for the lockout? Yeah. Stop it. It was kind of like, a, okay, let's – okay. You look at it from two different viewpoints. Rob Manfred is cringe. There's the one where this is too late to try and fix a uh, relationship with the players and the owners. But then you also look at it. Well, at least he's trying something. Because in the past, <laughs> trying he hasn't bare minimum. tried anything. Bro, headphones? Well, like yeah, Everybody players, can buy a pair yeah, of headphones. Both headphones. Okay, I mean, I people already have headphones. Yeah. Like, oh, great. I already have a pair of these. Thanks. It's like, now what do I do with them? That's like in elementary school when, like, your teacher was like, oh, if everybody gets 100% on test, we'll get a pizza party. <laughs> like, it, it's just such a, like, like, bro, come on. These are grown men. These are millionaires. And you cost the sport valuable time. You cost the sport fans. Like, Rob Menford has been nothing, nothing positive about him as the commissioner. No, he's been the Terrible worst commissioner. commissioner in sports in general. Yeah, like, it makes so you miss sad. Bud Selig, honestly, which is like, <laughs> even, oh, yeah, no. Um, we are not Rob Manfred supporters over here. No. What a it's bum. Too late. Bose headphones. And do something other than headphones. Bro, yeah, what exactly. do you even That's do? So like, you're just admitting that you were wrong. Like, it, what was all that for? Just for you and the owners to be greedy and keep baseball from people. Like, that whole thing was so stupid. It was. It was really So dumb. stupid. And especially now with baseball, like, losing sort of traction amongst the... Like, baseball used to be America's pastime, bro. Like, baseball used to be the most it popular still is, sport. Thank you very much. I love I baseball. Think that no, I'm football football a huge baseball fan. Has overtaken baseball. Football has. It has already has. But, like, if you're the commissioner of a dying league, honestly, like what it is, like... 
but you're, you're really going to try and band-aid this up with some $100 headphones? Like, He's, shut up, no, bro. He needs to go. Stupid. But speaking of, a little, little trivia fact for you. Do you guys know who, like the fans that came out for opening weekend the most? Rockies. Yep. Yeah. The Rockies had the most fans. Yeah, that's never been a weekend. problem. Wow. That's yeah. never been a problem. I mean, that's insane to me. No. Imagine if there's a lot of there's a lot of Dodger fans. Man, it, have you been to Coors Field? No, I know it's always packed. Okay, but it, and it, it, if you look at Denver parks in general, it's the best one. It's the, it's better than Mile High Stadium. It's better than the Pepsi Center. Like it's the best location to watch sports, like a game in Denver, and so that's the reason why. No, yeah, it really is fantastic at Coors Field. All right, this is the Unlimited Sports Show, part of the GoMileHigh.com. Be right back. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today, so find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans! 
Live in the now! So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com. Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show This is the Unlimited Sports Show. It's where you get all the unlimited sports information you need. Breathing is hard. Bear tested. Somebody stop that Welcome back. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. I'm Michael. We have Eric, Jeff, and Jack here in the studio. All right. Some could say me and Jack have the best rivalry in all sports, but... (laughs) It's, gonna, it's pretty epic, man. It's getting up there. Let's run through some, rivalry. some rivalries and kind of go through it. And of this whole list, pick what ones you think is the most dominant. All right. So first we have Red Sox versus Yankees. I mean, historical. That's, that's the one, bro. I mean, you got the ones where the curse with Babe Ruth going from the Red Sox to the Yankees to the. That might be the best sports rivalry in history. The 2004. Do you have four days in, in October? Dude, yeah. everything about the Yankees and Red Sox rivalries, like what all rivalries aspire to be like. Yeah. I think there's one that rivals that rivalry. All right, we'll go what? through it. We'll go through it. We'll go through it. Okay, I won't say it then. All right, up next, Packers versus Bears. <laughs> Good old now, classy. Now, but lately it hasn't been has much of a rivalry. Because Aaron Rodgers, he owns them. He does own them. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, the That's Bears it. are a cursed friend. It's hardly a rivalry when one team sucks so bad. All right, Maple Leafs versus Canadians. I don't know much about this one, but I know it's a rivalry. Yeah, it's a it's a can, Canada thing, I guess. Canada thing. Uh, I, I have the Leafs been very good. See, I, like I Avalanche and Red Wings used to be good, but it has not been what it used to be. But it's like they have like hate in their hearts for each other. Like Toronto and Montreal like don't like each other. Oh yeah, the fans. Like, I don't uh, know. I don't know much about that one to be honest. That yeah, I don't it makes sense. I, I mean, think. yeah, okay. The two biggest cities in Canada. Right. Cubs Cardinals. Off. Cubs Cardinals. That one's all right. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Cardinals arguably have more historic success. Mark but, McGuire, Sammy Sosa of the early two thousands, late nineties, the home run chase. Yeah, but like, what else besides that? The many bench clearing. <laughs> yeah, they've had quite a lot of bench clearings. <laughs> there, there is such anger in that NL Central division rivalry. It's looking more like Cubs and Brewers nowadays, though. Well, that's because the Brewers are the projected number one team in that Central division this year. I think it's the Cardinals. Yeah, it's their division to lose. Yeah, St. Louis is so boring. <laughs> Not when you have Nolan Arenado on the team. Yeah, they're pretty good. Ooh. Who's that? No, no, not a former Rocky. Never heard of the guy. One of the best third basemen. Traitor. Dodgers Giants. Ooh, that's another good one. I like that one. That that one, that one's probably the best beside because that goes back to New York. Like that was back when they Brooklyn Dodgers and Yeah. yeah. So I would say the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers and Giants are pretty much the East West counterparts of each other. Yeah. Um, and with the Dodgers and Giants, it's been a lot more back and forth. Especially like, lately, man. Yeah, it's been no, fun. I, I mean, love it. Especially if you even think about last year. Like, they were both so good. And, you know, the Giants of the early 2010s were a, a dynasty. And the, that was when the Dodgers kind of had taken a step back. That was before they started spending and, you know, solidifying that rotation. But that's another good one because there's always some it, – It's for me, it's history. Like, that's what makes a good rivalry. It's like historical, like – I want to see the teams that have played each other since like 1920, 1930. Like 
real rivalries are like timeless. So the ones that withstand the test of time and never seem to fade out like those two, I think are the best kind. For me, when I think of Dodgers Giants, I think of when Max Muncy hit a home run off Madison Bumgarner and he oh, said, yeah. get it out of the water, get it out of the ocean. Oh, that's good. All right. Lakers Celtics. That's that the one. That one's that's the dead. one that I feel like. That one's not really modern. It's yeah, it, it has some. That you know, was a rivalry. It was a rivalry. If but if you look in the 80s, man, those oh, yeah. teams were swapping championships left and right starting from the 80s. It was that, 80. It was the uh, Lakers. Then 81, it was the Celtics. I was kind of more. Going on. Sorry. That, that was kind of more of a Magic and Bird thing. It was still also when Kobe Bryant played. Um, oh, yeah. Them Paul Pierce and all The last couple of championships that he won. That was a nice one-game revival. I, I don't know if that one. Mm, I mean, there was a moment in time where that was the best rivalry. But in terms of like historic all-time rivalries, I don't think that one cracks the top five for all sports. For me, I'm going Red Sox-Yankees because I think of what, like what you're saying, the history of the two teams and current. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just an iconic rivalry. And then of what they've been doing, you know, in the 2000s still. And if you look at the postseason results for both of them, they're both tied at 12 and 12. Yeah. I mean, the Red Sox did for probably what 30 years or something there they had a terrible run from like yeah. the 60s 70s 80s 90s uh you have to go back to like i mean the yankees in that time won <laughs> probably 10 world series so the rivalries renewed because boston has won three world series in, in the 21st century compared to the yankees yeah won. 2013 2016 they came back and oh four i guess then so right? how many times did they play in the world series they don't because they're in the no, same division. The, they played in the uh, AL. See, that's why before. I feel like the Celtics Lakers one was a little more like they had everything coming down to the wire in the final games of their season. They played each other. See, that one's second yeah, for me. You don't. They played each other so many times in the in the finals. The finals. Part of what makes a rivalry good is like even some of the mundaneness, like just having to see the same team X amount of times in a certain year a lot adds of to it. Yeah, but. The Lakers and the Celtics, like geographically, like rarely ever play each other. Uh, I, I, in terms of like historic, like looking back, like you can look at Magic and Larry Bird and say that that is one of the all-time rivalries. Mm-hmm. But as it stands to this day, I don't think you'd be hard pressed to find many Laker fans who like violently hate the Celtics with all their being. Because why would they? I mean. I mean, you look. Because you're brought up with it because there's history. You look at that Larry Bird. I feel like, no, I feel like there's still hate between the two franchises. Maybe if you're old. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you understand the sport itself. I mean, if you remember Larry Bird or Magic Johnson playing, you're definitely up there. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the Kobe Bryant. Kevin yeah, Kobe Garnett, Bryant, Paul Kevin Pierce. Garnett, those like years, man. 15 years ago at this point. It was 2010, 2008. Oh, well, which one was it? Both those years. They played each other in the finals. <laughs> both those years. The Celtics won in 2008 and the Lakers won in 2010. Yeah. I Okay, I guess maybe. That one doesn't really like excite me. Like if I was like scrolling through TV and I saw a Yankees-Red Sox game or a Lakers-Celtics game, I would probably watch baseball. <laughs> I, th- I think both are great. But speaking of Lakers, who do you do you see the Lakers starting next year with the big three of AD, Westbrook, LeBron? Or, or what can you get from Westbrook? I feel like, yeah, you have to move on from Westbrook. Have to. You, there's, they're not clicking with him especially. And, um, you know, between AD and, and LeBron, they've kind of won a championship together. 
and Westbrook's the kind of the dude who's on the outside. And yeah. How about starting to build around guys like Austin Reeves, man? Yeah. Yeah. That's the triple double. I was I, I was actually Get really away, I was actually really impressed by that. Yeah. That was a yeah. depressing, stupid game as a Nuggets fan, but like I have to tip my hat. Who'd have thought them losing well, Alex Who Cruz, cares? So. They're going to yeah, the who cares? You no, the Lakers are over. They, the they could have that last game. We're going to the playoffs. They're gonna be at home watching. Yeah, LeBron James is already in vacation mode. Yeah, Cancun on three. I don't know. The one move I could see is Westbrook for Gordon Hayward. Oh, see, that would be such a good move. Charlotte, honestly. I would love that move, and I feel like that would help Charlotte too. Honestly, that might be a good one. Because, okay, you got got LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, the Hornets. They built a young, exciting core, but that young core is going to need to be paid soon, Mm -hmm. and you do not want to have Gordon Hayward's contract when you have to pay them. Ugh, what a terrible contract. Yeah, Gordon Hayward, I mean, if he would never got injured, this dude would have been like one of the top players. He got injured a few times, didn't he? Yeah, he got hurt like twice, like back-to-back seasons, I think he got hurt. Yeah, once with Utah, and then was he with Boston the next year? Yeah, with Boston, and then he had like this whole documentary about him making a comeback, and then he came back and he got hurt again. Gordon. I was like, boo. Yeah, go be an assistant to the GM. Are you going to watch the Will Barton documentary? I've been hearing all about this. Like, what? What what is there? Is there even enough? I have no idea. I mean, he, he's it, I don't know it's if like it's a, about him being the greatest Nuggets shooter of all time. I mean, or something like that. He can have a glorified documentary on his YouTube channel about his life because the path to just regular person to NBA player is always an interesting story. But like, let's chill. Maybe wait till you're retired. Like yeah. that's, when you're an active player, Once you accomplish something first. Like imagine if Michael Jordan made like a documentary about himself <laughs> in like '96 or something. It'd be, be like such you're leaving out a big chunk of the story. A big d bag move, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's serious. I've never really heard anything like officially about it. But if he's just like getting footage now for like eventually one that he wants to make like oh, go ahead put it on your youtube channel maybe you'll get two hundred thousand plays yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> another team i could see would be indiana pacers and how funny would it be if they traded westbrook for buddy healed is Russ really Mellon gonna go Austin? play I, in indiana though i feel like there's a lot of i mean it's not up to them really I'll trade him anyway yeah exactly does he not have a clause or anything i don't think so no but they tried trading for Buddy Heald, or well, they had to trade in place, but then they kind of threw it in the I trash like can. Buddy Heald. I do too, and it, it would have been a much better fit. And then they could have kept some of their pieces That'd still instead of trading them to I mean, get if, Westbrook. If you look at just overall like what they could get back for him, there's going to be a team that's willing to give up some assets for it because he's still Russell Westbrook. Like We clown and we make jokes, like whatever, but like Russell 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 Wilson, (laughs) Russell Westbrook is still like he's one of the better players of the last ten years, and there's no reason why he's. I think he's just he can thrive in another system when he's the main guy. Like he has to be that guy, and it's a little weird, sort of like from a competitive standpoint, seeing a guy who can't play well with other superstars, but. I just think he needs to be in the right position to thrive. And if he can be that, then like, yeah, give up something for us, bro. I think the Knicks might be crazy enough to do it Ooh, as well. Oh, you're right. You know what? That I'm going to say that out. happens. I'm going to say that's what happens. I mean, they Lakers have long that's wanted team. Derek Rose. The Knicks have money and they're thirsty, bro. Like the Knicks fans are like dying for mm-hmm. something. And what, what do they have? Julius Randle, but he was playing but, bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, so, could, but if you could maybe pair Westbrook and Julius Randle together, okay, maybe sounds, you could get something going. But you probably have to give up Fournier and Burks, and put those are wings that the Lakers I mean, desperately. Fournier's overrated, but yeah. Um, but let's. Uh, 
Yeah, but there's only so much you can get. I'd say I'd say Rust to the Knicks. Let's see it. That'd be fun. All right, this is the Unlimited Sports Show. GoMileHigh.com. Be right back. Across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than go mile high that camp, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on gomilehigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today, so find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. They gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. I'm Michael, Eric, Jeff, and Jack with me today. 
Alright, fellas. It is time for the two-minute drill. Hope you guys have your segments ready. So, for today, I'm actually going to go with... Now to bring us to the two-minute warning. Alright. So, the average price of a seven-day trip to Paris is $1,450. That's for a solo traveler. <laughs> and then it's $2,604 for a couple and $4,882 for a family of four. That's seven days. So the average price of a seven day trip to Disneyland Anaheim is $1,702 for a solo traveler, $3,057 for a couple, and $5,731 for a family of four. It is actually $1,000 cheaper to go on a trip, family of four and solo, to Paris than it is to Disneyland. Wow. What am I supposed to do with that information? Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be sports related. No. Oh, we're just doing want. a two minute. It's the beauty of the two minute drill, Eric. Anything goes. Anything goes, huh? Yeah. But I saw that and I thought it was interesting because it's like, wow. Well, I definitely thought it'd be the opposite. I'm going to be married in July and I think a trip to Paris would be a lot better than a trip to Disneyland. So. Yeah, you don't have to deal with screaming kids. Though. Yeah, you don't have to. Well, I have a screaming kid of my own. So I kind of have, have to deal with it whether I want to or not. Do you think you'll take her to Disneyland? At some point, yes. But what is the age though, you think? Because there's a whole debate of uh, you're like the 10, range. Like age 5 to 10. Yeah, between that range. 5 to 10, 5 to 12 maybe. Yeah. Uh, somewhere around there, that's when you take them out to Disney. I was there this past January and it is insane how many like toddlers there is or even like newborns. Don't take them when they're not going to remember it. Yeah, that's a $75 ticket you're paying for a kid who won't remember the trip. Yeah. Well, that's what I believe when they're uh, under a certain age, it's free for them. But still, just the carrying them around, that's brutal. I don't know why anyone would do that for a newborn. Yeah, yeah that. a little weird. I mean, your feet alone just absolutely get destroyed. So, I don't know why. All right, two minutes over. I'm going to go with this. So, last night in the uh, Lakers overtime victory against the Nuggets, you know, you didn't have many starters out there, but there was a very heated moment between two of the most beloved bench players in the <laughs> West. We had a one Mr. Uh, Facundo Campazzo, a native of Argentina, playing in his uh, second year in the NBA. He committed a pretty, um, some people are calling this a dirty plow, uh, dirty plow uh, on Wayne Ellington. So in the second quarter last night, Facu kind of gets tossed around, kind of flies out of bounds, comes back in and shoves Wayne Ellington in the back for a flagrant two ultimately getting him ejected from the game. And a lot of people are thinking that that might be the last we ever see of Faku Campazzo. But Wayne Ellington hopped on Twitter last night, and this is a direct quote from Wayne saying, when I see you, I'm putting my hands on you, at Faku Campazzo. And okay, let's Got just talk about, I mean, obviously that. it was a dirty play, like he shouldn't have done it. It wasn't the dirtiest play I've ever seen. But like, if you're Wayne Welling Ellington, are you really that bothered by a five foot eleven dude who barely plays in the league, like pushing you in the last game of the year? It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. It's excessive, and it makes you look like a dork on Twitter. Not yeah. gonna lie, like all that talk, all that Twitter finger stuff, like it's just proves to me yeah, that like Faku's getting in your head, bro. And that's so something you should never let happen because he's not worth it. Trust me, he's not that good. He's no. not that guy. <laughs> He's it's, not that guy, pal. It's childish, man, when you use social media to, like, start fights and stuff like that. Like, earlier with Marquise Morris and uh, 
Nikola Jokic, then yeah. calling each other out. That one was a little different because Marquise Morris definitely deserved that, and I definitely felt zero sympathy for him when he went down because he was a dirty player. To no, begin Nikola with. Jokic felt bad. Yeah, but Nikola Jokic is a better person than I. Am. <laughs> so yeah, Wayne Ellington, don't know what you're talking about, bro. Picking up the wrong fight, and uh, enjoy the off season. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna ask you guys. Because we've had quite a few MVPs here in Colorado. Uh, with Nikola Jokic most likely winning it again this year. But out of Joe Sackick uh, in 2001, uh, Peter Forsberg in 03, John Elway in 87. We also have Terrell Davis in 98, Peyton Manning in 2013, Spencer Hayward in 1970, Larry Walker in 97, and Rashawn Salam. I'll go ahead and throw a Heisman in there, our lonesome Heisman. Which of those seasons impressed you the most? I just want to say first, Matt Holiday should have beat Ryan Braun in 2007. Ooh. But yeah. Um, most impressive, probably Terrell Davis. Uh, he was an absolute beast that year. The only 2,000 yard rusher to win a Super Bowl. The migraine in the Super Bowl, all that. Like, dude, Terrell Davis was about as real as it gets. Uh, Larry Walker put up arguably MVP numbers a couple other times like that, especially in the late. Uh, I'm going to say Terrell Davis, uh, just because I think he meant the most to the Broncos when he won the award. I don't know. I'm going to go Peyton Manning. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the Broncos scored 606 points in 2013, and that yeah. broke the record of 589 set by New England Patriots. Yeah. I mean, just the way that the Sheriff, he loved the Broncos that year for oh, sure. Man. Greatest freaking offense of all time, man. Such a crazy 55 season. touchdowns. They started that season off with seven touchdowns against the team yep. that knocked them out in the playoffs. I remember that. That was such a good feeling, man. I was, I was loving it. That was actually, I got my learner's permit that day. And I was driving <laughs> nice. around by myself for the first time ever. Memorable day. For and me. I had the radio on, and I remember just listening to Dave Love and just another one, another one, another one, another. It was seven. I'm surprised none of you guys asked me who Spencer Hayward is. I know who Spencer Hayward is. He was in the ABA. Yeah, Denver Rocket MVP. So yeah. Nikola Jokic is not the first of the franchise, but well, he's the first Denver Nugget. He is the first. I mean, I guess yeah, not the first. So in the with franchise. like Denver Rockets, we had Spencer. Hayward. Yeah, that was a different league. I don't know if that really counts. Different time. Yep. He was a baller. He has his number retired too. Yep. And uh, some celebrity news: Britney Spears is pregnant with her third child. Uh, <laughs> What do you guys uh, think about uh, media coverage when it comes to celebrity pregnancy? Leave Britney alone. <laughs> we don't care. You know what? I am it's tired. 2022. I, am I don't want to hear about celebrities anymore. I don't want to hear about the Kardashians. But leave, honestly, honestly, leave Britney alone <laughs> at this point. What did it tell you? Hey, stupid. Job. What do you want me to talk about? What I think the name will be? No, <laughs> just uh, what's your idea? Hit me, baby, so one more time as a banger. That's celebrity, it. Celebrity. What do you think about Pregnancy celebrity coverage? Coverage is a little wild nowadays. With the because people keep I talking like about it. Are they like in the bedroom way. and they're like, yeah, she looks like she's all the yeah. But tonight. the only reason they keep talking about it is because people keep repeating it and regurgitating it and tweeting about it. So it's like, it's ridiculous. if you want it to go away, it just simply views. stop. Get views. Britney Spears's life has Jeez. no impact on yours. Let her be. Especially with singers and all that, man. They they just highlight these dudes' lives all the time and. You know how okay. annoying it would be to have a literal camera crew full of paid people like whose entire job is to just take unflattering pictures of you when you're going to the grocery store? Yes. I do. Like that would problem. be so awful. Like I don't blame any celebrity that snaps on paparazzi because I feel like that's one of the lowliest jobs you can have. Oh, it's one of my favorite is Tobey Maguire. 
I can't oh, see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah, Kanye? Funny. What about Kanye when that dude pulled up to his driveway at 4 a.m.? It's like, yeah. hey, Kanye. There's so What's many up, Kanye bro? ones. She's like, get out of my house. There was this one where he was saying, hey, Kanye, I just think you're a good dad. He's like, thank you. He's like, this pumped up. Yeah, we need to see more paparazzi beatings. I'm in favor of that. Yeah, wow. I saw that. That'd be a good down. Just do a highlight paparazzi. Real. Call for know. violence against paparazzi. <laughs> I we don't condone back, violence here at milehigh.com. No. <laughs> Why did we give Jeff two minutes? <laughs> yeah, that was know. unexpected. Ooh. That I came out of left field. Yeah, yeah definitely was not expecting that one. All right, so talks of the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas has been circulating for a bit. Yikes. Uh, Oakland. Vegas is the new Oakland. <laughs> I don't know if anything much. wants to be the new Oakland. But what city do you want to have a team? Dude, keep the A's in Oakland or would, somewhere yeah. around there. Dude. I just want them to have a new do park. You, do you think? They desperately need They do park. because they the still sewage. play in that crappy flowing place through the, the dugout. It's the oldest stadium. Like, oh, I think it was the oldest in the NFL at one point when the Raiders still yes. played there. But yep. just you remember how awkward it was watching like Raider games and you just see the infield dirt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> like, dude, what? That, it it's was very trash. easy, though. Yeah, that place needs to be torn down and burned. Uh, <laughs> the Coliseum, bro. Well, I don't even remember what Some it's called. The Overstock.com Coliseum. The O.co, whatever, bro. They've had a million names. It's a terrible place to play. Build the, the Oakland A's. Dude, Oakland is losing everything they have. Yeah, They lost okay. the Warriors. The Warriors moved that's out of Oakland. Me. The Raiders moved out of Oakland. Keep one of your teams, bro. Please. Like, what? Do you or, think St. Louis deserves to have a football team? Yes. I don't know why they don't. I think... They I don't mean, have any other sports. They embrace well, the Rams there. I think... They won a championship. Just in general. I mean, NBA as well. St. Louis. Yeah, wait. Yeah. You know what? Another team that doesn't have a basketball team surprises me is Pittsburgh. Yeah. Why don't they have a... Or Seattle. Seattle no longer. They need to well, bring they, back they the did. Supersonic. They did. I mean, the Supersonic should definitely... If they're ever... If the NBA expands again... It's almost a certainty yeah. that it will be There's Seattle. No yeah. There's no way. But uh, yeah, Oakland, if I was an Oakland fan, I would be so mad. And then I you got so Montreal pissed. as well with the mm-hmm. Expos. That's an interesting one, too. Um, I don't know if baseball is going to expand in the next five, seven years. I don't years. think they need they to. They don't need no, to. No, they don't need to. They're good. But the NBA, I could see the NBA expanding another team to Seattle. Uh, maybe I've heard talks about Louisville, Kentucky possibly being a place. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting. I mean, there was the talks of the Tampa Bay Rays spending oh, yeah. half their Splitting time in Tampa so, and then so their half in Montreal, so which I hated that idea. Dude, I how about you it, go to the ballpark if you live in Tampa Bay? You have a great team to watch. Well, the thing with that is they're in a bad location. Yeah. I, they're not even in Tampa they're Bay. They're in St. Petersburg, right? Yeah. And, but the, the drive to get there, you have to go on that bridge. Traffic is awful. They need to move to Tampa Bay and get an actual ballpark that's much better yeah. than the dome that they have right keep now. Keep the A's in Oakland, honestly, or somewhere around there. I don't know the suburbs of California very well, but it'd be better for baseball if they stayed there. Absolutely, yeah. All right, this was the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. I'm Michael, Jack, Jeff, and Eric. <laughs>
This has been the Elevated Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe and follow at Elevated underscore Sagala, S-I-G-A-L-A, on Twitter and Elevated Sports Community on Instagram for updates and interactions with the host. Remember to always stay elevated.